Hello and welcome to Brook Talks America, home of the New Right and our Tactical Tuesdays podcast with Joe Dolio, also known as the Joe Stradamus and Brook the Magnificent Show. Welcome, Joe, and our mascot, Lucy. Uh, just a reminder that you can sign up at each of our sites for alerts on new articles and shows. Mine is brooktalksamerica.com. Joe's is tactical-wisdom.com. My latest article is up. Will Republicans win the midterms in spite of themselves? It's extra salty. Check it out and share. Leave us a comment to say how much you love the show. Sorry, there was a little frog in my throat. Uh, As a reminder, since this is an audio-only podcast, you should have it anyways, but it's definitely suggested that you have Joe's book to go along with it. Also, that you look up these terms so that you have a better understanding of each and how they relate to the discussion. There are some concepts that will make sense you know, more sense when you have the visuals and some of the chapters do have graphics and diagrams in them. So definitely good to have uh, because things are so chaotic on the world stage and a lot of it affects our preparedness, especially on the economic front. We're going to be doing hybrid podcasts from now on a chapter from Joe's book and then world and current events, whatever's going on, especially as it prepare, uh, as it portends to our um preparedness what's happening in ukraine right now really does affect people's pocketbooks and will affect how our country looks in the near future as i've said personally i don't think operation warp speed was about a vaccine for the globalists but about implementing global communism um the chapter we're discussing today is on the gray man something you talk a lot about joe because i guess people say you should just go gray man but that you say in a without rule of law situation that goes out the window um i really love the bible verse you open with which is first corinthians 9 to 21a it says to those not having the law i became like one not having the law. Uh, I have said this. I think this applies to our Congress and maybe we shouldn't follow the laws and pay our taxes because they don't. But I digress and I say that especially for rhetorically for Agent Jansen. Before we get into specifics, talk about the gray man concept, what it is, why it should actually be considered before the without rule of law situation, in addition to all of our other preparedness methods, and why blending in will not apply after all has gone crazy. All right. So gray man tactics uh, is something that, that, that I've kind of lived for, for 25 years as a, as a corporate investigator and executive protection person. Um, they involve being nondescript and unobservable. Um, when you look at the world, especially in the urban environment, the background is all gray. The buildings are gray. The roads are gray. So what gray man means is that if you want to truly be safe and secure, you should blend into the background and be someone that no one remembers. Uh, it's also the title of an excellent movie about to come out by Mark, uh, written by Mark Greeny. Uh, it's going to be an excellent movie. Uh, but it, it talks about Gray Man tactics in that movie. And, and Gray Man is kind of a thing that's been tossed around for a while uh, in the investigations and intelligence circles. So a lot of people think that they can use that uh, as their survival strategy uh, after a without rule of law event. And I disagree because after without rule of law event, any person moving around means someone who is alive and might have supplies. So you can be as gray man as you want, but the mere fact that you're out and about tells anyone watching that um, you should be paid attention to. You might have food and they're going to follow you either way. So um, that's why I was hesitant to even include it in the book 
because it doesn't really apply after things have gone bad. It's a great tool for now to gather information and conduct your area studies and maybe gather information on potentially hostile groups in your area. Uh, but it's not meant to be a long-term survival situation without rule of law. Um, in his excellent book, uh, Selko, uh, those in preparedness will know who that is. Uh, he's a survivor of, of the Yugoslav wars. He said that anyone moving was was instantly made a target because they could follow you back to where you had food or follow you to where you're going to get food. So that's why I say gray man goes out the window um, when, when without rule of law happens. The thing is, is when I tell people to show up for a, for a gray man training class, and I teach them all the time, I go, show up, dress for this class as you would as if you're going to be a gray man. So they show up, and they're in their 5'11 pants and their 5'11 shirt, wearing their really cool tactical boots, and they're like, yeah, I'm totally blending in. You'd blend in with a group of people dressed just like you, but you're not really blending in. And in fact, you actually look like a, an off-duty law enforcement person. So um, we have to put a lot more thinking into the gray man concept. Well, and that's really what we're doing with all of the stuff that we talk about. It's the stuff you do to prepare in case a without rule of law situation happens. So like you say, you're not necessarily going to be able, be able to be gray man because you're alive when it hits the fan. But what we're going to do now is we're going to take the gray man concept and apply it to things like surveillance and looking, checking our roots and everything like that things that we've already discussed in part before. So you're ready when the time comes. You're you're doing it undercover to check out what you need to know before it happens. Right, or gathering information on that local group of uh of of activists that are causing all of the problems in your neighborhood or or whatever. So the important thing to remember is that gray man is something you do, not something you become. So it's like camouflage. Camouflage is, is actually a verb and not a noun. Camouflage is not the clothes we wear. Camouflage is the steps we take. So gray man's the same way. So what I need to do is decide what environment I'm going to be operating in each day. Uh, there's no one set of clothing that will make you a gray man all day. So um, the most common thing I hear when I ask people to describe what gray man is to them, they talk about blue jeans and a hoodie and, and a baseball cap, which is a good start. That's probably the most common mode of dress in Western society. But what happens when your travels that you started out in your in your gray man blue jeans and hoodie take you into a high-end hotel or a high-end restaurant? You're going to stand out like a sore thumb. Or if you're going to a particular event and everyone there is wearing a suit, but you're in blue jeans and a hoodie. Well, the gray man thing to do is to have a suit with you to change into all the way down to the shoes uh, and, and, and get dressed and changed into and, and what blends in in that particular environment. And on the flip side, you may start out, um, let's just say, uh, I'll, I'll give an average day in, a, in an executive protection life, right? You pick up your client and you take him to a business meeting. You're going to be in a suit so that you look like part of his staff. But then after the business meeting, he's going to go back to his hotel and he's going to want to go out to dinner. And he'll probably dress down into something more like business casual. You've got to be able to do that change too. Uh, and that could be as easy as taking off a jacket, taking off a tie. But then later on, he decides he wants to go out for a drink. He's going to drop down to blue jeans and a T-shirt. You have to have the capability to do that, too. That's gray man, blending in in every environment that your day might take you. Uh, there's no one thing you can do that will be good enough for the whole day unless you're just sitting at home. Uh, so wouldn't, a gray, wouldn't a gray man at a Trump rally just be like someone who looks at like another Trump rally person? 
Exactly. And yeah. a classic example of this, I am so glad you brought that up. A classic example of this is the guy that they allege set off all, sent all those bombs to media figures. Remember this guy who was supposedly driving around in a great big white van covered in Trump, Trump stickers? Oh, yeah. The no new Trump stickers. Saw. Yeah. Yeah. And no one ever saw the van. But then all of a sudden you find out that CNN news crews have filmed the same man three different times at different Trump rallies to say, see, look, here he is at Trump rallies. How easy would it be to have a guy dress up the right way and then walk in front of those cameras three different times? Not hard at all. Uh, but that's yeah. it exactly. So if I was going to a Trump rally, obviously I would want to buy myself a red hat uh, and, and, and a red shirt and a flag. And, you know what I mean? You want to blend in with whatever your whatever your audience is that day, whatever is most common in that area. So the thing to note is, is you can't just get up in the morning and say, I'm going to be a gray man today. It requires a lot of homework. You need to know where you're going, who's going to be there and what they're going to be dressed like. Right. In the general concepts for gray men, you emphasize clothing a lot. You just discuss it to some extent there from everything from body apparel to hats and shoes. And one of the things you mentioned is that while people wouldn't necessarily be looking at at each other's shoes bad guys would be looking at it especially if you have a specific type of boot which you'll get into and then hats and how they can work to change the gray man talk about that and then explain the gray man backpack okay so first of all um law enforcement officers are trained to always look at people's shoes because if I do something bad, I can run, I can change my pants, I can change my shirt, but I'm probably not carrying a spare pair of shoes. So um, having the ability to change shoes is important. But when you're looking at someone, look at their shoes. Uh, and for example, we mentioned earlier, if I, if I left following a guy and he goes to a business meeting and I, I got a suit, but I'm not wearing business shoes, I'm going to stand out, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to figure out what's the most common type of shoe in your area. Um, when we do executive protection for big name clients and we're going to put people in the crowd, which we do all the time, you, you always see the bodyguards on the stage, but you don't realize it. But there's also guys in the crowd and those guys in the crowd can't show up wearing their really comfortable and, and, and ultra tactical Merrill boots because bad guys know what they are. They'll look at them and say, hey, that guy's wearing some tactical boots. You got to wear what everybody else is wearing. So you have to know wherever you're going, what the most common footwear is. Um, So, for example, in Western civilization, uh, whether it's Europe or or North America, the most common type of shoe is a tennis shoe or some type of athletic shoe. Right. But um, but if I travel south into Mexico, the tennis shoes are going to stand out because everyone down there is most likely wearing cowboy boots, uh, at least for men. Right. And and it's the same way with hats In, in most of North America. A baseball cap is fine. But in Mexico, uh, a cowboy hat is actually going to be a lot more likely to be worn than a baseball cap. So you just have to figure out what it is in your area. That's why the jort boys stood out so much in the fed fed operations, because we don't wear jorts. Nobody wears jorts. <laughs> exactly. Nobody it's verboten to wear jorts. Yeah. Yeah. Especially skin tight ones. But oh, my God. I can't. Um, but see, there's a lot of things there. I, I always recommend wearing a hat. Um, just because you can change hats quickly or I can take my hat off. It gives me more options uh, or I can throw a hat on. Um, and I mentioned um, in, in the book that I layer. Right. So I'll start my day wearing a T-shirt. I have to wear a T-shirt or else I can't leave the house. But instead of wearing just a regular plain white or plain black T-shirt like I usually do, I'll wear a T-shirt with a logo on it for like a sports team or or something. 
um, so that if I had to, it would look like an outer layer, right? Rather than a, that, rather than just a t-shirt. Uh, above that, I'll put on like a polo shirt, and then on top of that, I'll put on a hoodie. It, I might get a little warm, but I now have three entire profile changes I can do, uh, and no one will, will know that I'm the same person, right? When I'm wearing a hoodie, you can't tell that I'm wearing a polo. I slide off the hoodie, different person entirely, especially if I also change my hat. And then the one thing that we on the right have argued about all along was the masks. I tell you, embrace the mask in this regard. If you want to blend in, wear a mask because it covers most of your face. Uh, and then all you have to do is either take it off and you're a different person or put on a different color mask. Um, the mask and hat combo has uh, done many a bamboozle to the bad guys, right? You just switch the hat and the mask and uh, they, they have no clue who you are. So um, it's a great way to do it. So a way to carry some of the extra stuff that you need is your backpack. Um, first, to select the black uh, backpack, just get a black one. Anything basic and black. I don't care if it's got the Molly webbing on it or not. Um, a lot of people say don't get with Molly webbing. You can't buy one right now that doesn't have some variety of it on there. So get one anyway. It doesn't really matter. As long as it's plain black. Um, and in there, I put a few different things. I put a different top layer in there, like a different hoodie or a different polo shirt to throw on real quick so I can look like a totally different person. Uh, I throw in a baseball cap. I usually have one on and then a different one in my backpack. And what I do with the baseball caps is I have one that is solid colored and one that has a logo um, because they look like totally different different things, right? You, you're not going to mess up having a team logo or not having a team and logo. And in a different color. Exactly. Totally different color, different logo. Uh, another cool thing that they make that I put in there is it was called a packable jacket. And basically that's a, a lightweight windbreaker type jacket that folds up into its own pocket. Um, I can pull that out of my backpack and throw it on and suddenly I'm a different person to anyone who's watching. Uh, as long as I make sure no one sees me make that change. Uh, and the one that I have is reversible. It's green on one side, black on the other. So there's two different profile changes I can have right there, uh, especially if I mix it with a hat and all that. Another thing I have in there is a plain black shemag, which is like a, a Middle Eastern scarf. Uh, or you can do this with a bandana, too, but I like the shemag because it's a bit bigger and bulkier. And I could do more with it. Um, I live in an area with a, with, a, with a very large Middle Eastern population, so a shemag is not uncommon on men. And on women, it's common everywhere. Women wear scarves. Um, so it's a great thing to throw in there and, and make a quick clothing change anytime you want to. Um a little sneakier thing I put in there is a folding duffel bag. And you can buy these like at, at, at Walmart or whatever department store you have. It's a duffel bag that folds flat. And you can just keep that in your backpack in case you need it. So if the bad guys have decided that you're following them or looking for them and they want to follow you, you can go somewhere where you've got about a minute and a half or so, pull that folding duffel bag out, change your clothes real fast, and drop your backpack inside the duffel bag and start carrying the duffel bag. Now they're looking for a guy in a gray hoodie and blue jeans. You're now in blue jeans and a black polo and you got a, a duffel bag instead of a backpack. They're going to look right past you and go looking for someone else. What so, color would the duffel bag be? Anything other than black because your backpack is black, exactly. right? Exactly. That's what I was thinking. So, okay. so I went with like, like a bright blue. So the, the thing about gray man is one blending in so that you're not identified, but also having the ability to quickly and rapidly change what you look like so that you look like a totally different gray man than you were before. I've seen um, videos that this that a CIA woman put out uh, when they were talking about that. And it was amazing. Like literally in 30 seconds, they just changed completely. And you really can. You, you wouldn't know it's the same person. 
So twice now, I have totally and completely fooled people watching me and turned around and walked right past them again, and they had no idea that it was me. Yeah. Uh, and these were in, in in less than 30 seconds. So um, you, you just got to have that ability to make a quick change and turn around and go in the exact opposite direction you were last seen going in. And it totally and completely flips people for a loop. They have no idea that it's you. One last thing that I toss in there, uh, I am fundamentally opposed to flip-flops or sandals. <laughs> and I personally believe with every ounce of my being that if your name is not Moses, Nehemiah, or Jesus, you shouldn't wear sandals. What if your name is Muhammad? They wear sandals. You know, that's on him. He 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 didn't impact my life at all. That's funny. <laughs> Go ahead. But um, I'll throw a pair of them in there because, like I said, people aren't going to expect you to change your shoes, right? They're going to key in on shoes. And if I've got a pair I can flip on, they might not be the most tactical of shoes, but I can make a complete and total appearance change by throwing on some flip-flops for a couple of blocks as I get go by. Just the make cash- sure you have those corns fixed and those toenails clipped. Just saying. Well, and painted. I mean, men paint their oh, toenails. Oh, no. Don't, don't paint right? them, Joe. Don't do it. Uh, <laughs> That's another one. podcast, Joe. We don't talk about that stuff here. <laughs> right. so, so like I said before, understand the casual observer doesn't look at your shoes, but law enforcement does. And there are certain cultures in North America that look at your shoes and your handbag first. Yeah. Uh, so be thinking about that kind of stuff. Uh, in my backpack, I also throw in a bulletproof panel. Um, I have a, I have a, that you have generally have a, like a body, a small body cam on the pack and then a pen camera. Where do you get a pen camera? Uh, I got mine from Amazon. You can get them right on Amazon. If you go to my website, I've got a whole bunch of, uh, I've got a, a page of recommendations and that's where all this stuff is. Uh, oh, I've okay. got, I've got, I, I keep a monocular in there because it's, it's, it's a, it's easy way to hold my hand up to my eye and, and look through like binoculars, but it's only one. Uh, so I keep a small one of those in there. I keep a, a first aid kit in there. Always got to have it. I always keep paper in there. And the one thing that I have in there that's, that's unusual is a, is a bulletproof panel. Um, Premier Body Armor makes a, uh, a bulletproof laptop case. Uh, and I just stick that in there and it gives me bulletproof coverage from the rear, I guess. So it's there. Um, yeah. One thing that people don't think about too, as far as the, the cameras that we talked about, it's common right now for you to walk around and take selfies of yourself. Don't be so afraid to just use your phone as a camera because people are so used to it now that it doesn't even register. So even if it's going the opposite way, even if it's going the opposite way, it, it might look like it's going the opposite way, but it's not right. They can't see my side. So, yeah. so there it is. And the one thing I mentioned in here too is ladies, it's not the time for that one of a kind handbag. <laughs> Don't bring out your your your, your newest Michael Kors. Uh, leave that later. I love my right? Michael, man. I got to have my Michael. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. Um, explain the difference between cover and cover for action and the interesting the uh, interesting tidbit about the driver versus passenger seat for surveillance. I found that very interesting. Right. So one of the biggest things that you want to do is, is not – look like you're doing what you're doing. You don't want to look like you're watching somebody. So cover is anything that you can hide behind in in this context. It's not the same as cover from bullets. We're talking about something that keeps someone from seeing me in this in this context. So standing behind a pillar can block a camera angle. Like if there's a camera on the side of a building, I position myself so that they can't see it. Um, if I'm standing to the side of a window instead of in front of it, it means I can see through it, but they can't see me through it, whatever. So find uh, uh, find anything out there that keeps people from getting a good picture of you 
or a mental picture of you. And, and I remember vividly one event here in downtown Detroit. I'm walking right towards an Antifa. They, they have their own counterintelligence people who, who take photos of everybody. And this guy's taking photos of me. He's thinking he's going to get some great footage. But what he actually got is pictures of a guy in a black baseball cap wearing sunglasses, wearing a black mask. I mean, he, he literally got nothing but thought he got some great photos of me. Um, so you want to make sure that whatever you do is making sure that no one gets a clear picture or a clear mental image of you. And, and so that's what cover is for. But cover for action is your reason for being somewhere. So if I'm at a protest, I'm just standing around watching them, I look out. But if I throw on a, a yellow vest and I look like the cleaning guy and I got a broom in my hand and a dustpan in my hand, all of a sudden I'm invisible. Nobody looks at the cleaning guy. Or if I'm in the middle of a protest and I'm just watching everyone and not participating in the protest, I stand out. But instead, if I'm raising my fists and I'm chanting along, I have cover for action. You have to have a reason for being where you are. So the classic thing is, is like when you come out of your house, you look both ways down the street, you see a car there and there's someone sitting in the in the driver's seat and the car's not running. That screams surveillance, right? That's somebody watching for somebody. But instead, if you came out and there's somebody in the passenger seat and the engine is running, that looks more to you like somebody who's waiting for someone else to, to get in the car. Exactly. So it's a little bit more plausible and you have to do little things like that. So, for example, if you go to a coffee shop to sit and watch through the window, buy a cup of coffee <laughs> so that you have a reason for being there. Right. A lot of people don't. Um, it, it's, it's like the classic thing of sitting in the hotel lobby and reading a newspaper. Um, phones have made it easier to do this. I don't have to find a newspaper. I can sit down and, and scroll my phone, right? And at the same time, I could be using that phone to videotape things. Um, you have to make it look like you have a reason for being where you are at that time. And you want to look as innocuous as you can. Like I said, you can buy those yellow maintenance vests at, at, at Menards or Home Depot. You can buy them for like $3, throw one in your backpack, and you'll always have a reason to be somewhere, right? Wow. Throw on a maintenance. So you look like a road worker. Wow. And again, you know, all this stuff is is part of mindset. So it's like the the stuff that we talk about, maybe people aren't thinking about it, but just hearing it in the podcast, it's like, wow, I never thought of that. And it it's part of like repeating it, repeating it and getting it into your head. The different type of things that we're talking about. So discuss Along that line, discuss mannerisms and movement, what to do and what not to do, and talk about your Antifa BLM story and how in real life, right, you use this, you use this and so many of the other methods we discuss and how it saved your life. Right on, right on. So the first thing is, is that a lot of people try to fake things. Never give off fake things because it looks like someone faking things. So uh, one time we're at an event and uh, I was with a reporter and we were just we were just watching the interaction between Antifa and a militia group that was trying to counter Antifa. And this militia guy walked up, uh, walked past us. And, and I pointed out to the reporter that he was obviously wearing a bulletproof vest, um, but he didn't plan on his clothing very well because he's wearing a tight T-shirt. So <laughs> if you don't know, someone wearing a bulletproof vest underneath a tight T-shirt looks exactly like someone wearing a bulletproof vest under a tight T-shirt. It's kind of obvious, right? So um, as we're watching him, he attempts to walk so nonchalant that it actually came across as faked, right? 
just walk. Don't try to walk like everything is fine um, or, or like you're being so super ultra cool. It looks fake. Just walk. And um, it's the same thing with anything. Um, I've seen a lot of people try to fake a limp and faking a limp looks just like somebody faking a limp. It doesn't yeah, look like yeah. somebody with a limp. So make sure that you're only doing things the way you really would. Otherwise, you're just going to draw more attention to yourself. They're going to say, hey, why is that guy faking a limp? Or why is that guy wearing a bulletproof vest? Things like that. Uh, a, a common one is don't try to smoke if you don't smoke. You standing around hacking and coughing is going to make everyone look at you, especially in the current world, right? And they're going to laugh at you and it's going to look, it looks, it looks odd. So don't try to a, adapt mannerisms that you have or suppress ones that you have. If you try to walk differently, you're not going to look right. Just walk. Um, people pay less attention than you might think. Um, another important thing, and this is where the story comes in, is never run. If you think someone is following you, walk. You might want to walk quick, but don't don't run. Running draws attention no matter what. No matter where you are, if you see someone run by, you automatically turn and look at them. Uh, movement draws the eye. We talked about that earlier. So, um, when I was at a at an event uh, in the Capitol here in, in Lansing, um, we were getting photos of a bunch of different uh, Antifa people from Lansing at, at one of their events. And uh, stupidly, I had my camera in my hand and it was obvious that I was taking a picture of a particular guy and he turned around as I did it. I was like, oh, shoot, I might not have used that word, but it was close. <laughs> uh, anyway, and I, so I had their radio frequency. I had figured that out earlier in the day. Uh, in my ear and I heard him call out to a couple of his guys and say hey follow this guy back to his car let's find out who he is because he just took a picture of me if I had taken off running at that moment they would have known that I was on to them right and they would have known that I was someone they should follow instead I walked into the crowd slowly right into the deepest middle part of the crowd and started working my way to the edge so if I'm one of those Antifa security guys and they said, hey, check out this guy, see if maybe he's he's keeping an eye on us. But the person walked into the crowd, didn't run and just kind of hung out in the crowd. I would start doubting whether or not that was a bad person. Right. So I worked my way to the edge, found a parking ramp. I just walked into the parking ramp, got in there. I'm listening to them on the radio. They're still trying to figure out where I went. I changed my hat. I changed my shirt. I put on a different mask. I took off my sunglasses cut through a couple parking ramps, come out on a totally different side. And I decided, you know what, let me, let me, let me, let me test this out. And I went by my car and I switched backpacks and I, and they're on the radio trying to figure out where I went. And then they started to have that argument. Well, maybe it wasn't anything. Well, you know what? I think it probably wasn't anything. So I walked right back into the crowd, walked right past them and none of them noticed. Um, wow. It's important because these Antifa people were all armed and they are known to confront people once they get you away from the event. So you have to be paying attention to that kind of stuff and you got to be real careful. You got to have a you got to have a quick clothing change and you got to not act like a fugitive. When you're glancing around trying to watch people, you draw attention to yourself. Just be nice and calm, move slowly, um, act like everyone else. When you're new to this kind of stuff, you end up you start thinking that everyone pays attention to you. But in the course of your day, start paying attention to the cars behind you. You'll be surprised at how often a car is behind you and there's nothing going on and it goes the same place you do. Don't be so worried about people seeing you. Be worried about people who then pay attention to you, mm. if that makes sense. Good point. So. Talk about surveillance detection and surveillance detection routes and how to practice one to see if you're under surveillance. All right. Yes. But, but let's address the myth, first of all. A lot of people think 
that if, if like the FBI or the DHS uh, counterintelligence teams decide they want to follow you, they're going to follow you and there is nothing you can do to lose them. All right. So so just forget that. You're probably never going to know they were watching you. Um, but here's the deal. If, if you think that someone like Antifa or an opposing group or whomever might be watching you, um, it's simple to find them just by paying attention to your surroundings. The first thing I, I, I mentioned was that person sitting behind a wheel of a car, right? That That's item one. Uh, the other thing is watch how people act when you pass by. So someone who's just sitting at a, at a restaurant table, nice and calm, whatever, you walk past them. As soon as you get past them, turn around. See if they turn around to watch you, right? Now you know someone is paying attention. Uh, in executive protection, we know there are two places where people can be found any given day, home and work, right? <laughs> and so that's where you got to do most of your work. Um, start out with 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 where you where you live at and where you sleep at. Pay attention to someone watching your house or pay attention to someone watching your business. Um, just look for people that turn up all throughout the day. Um, paying attention to um, if the same person is there or uh, say I see one guy at home and then four hours later I'm at the grocery store. And I see that same guy and the grocery store is nowhere near my house. I'm probably being followed. Huh. So pay attention to who does things uh, at the same time you do. Like. A guy was just wandering, uh, hanging out at the bus stop until you got in the car. Then he's walking away from the bus stop right away. Probably somebody who was watching you and waiting for you to come out. So just pay attention to those kind of things. Um, here's a here's a caveat to that, though. If you live in a subdivision or down a cul-de-sac, you can't watch for vehicles on your cul-de-sac because that would be kind of silly for them to try to watch you that close. They'll be watching the end of your cul-de-sac that you come out of for your car. So watch for anyone who pulls out after you pull out of your cul-de-sac or your little side street. Um, another thing we use is called a surveillance detection route. And that is normal driving patterns where if I take it and I watch my mirrors and I see someone take that exact same thing, it's not random. It might look random when I do it, but if the car behind me does the exact same moves, it's not random. So what do I As mean? we've so, seen in every movie in Hollywood. Right. In every movie, they follow like 20 feet behind. But let's just say I'm driving and I say I'm going to do a surveillance detection run and I've scouted out a shopping center. So I pull into the front of the shopping center like I'm going to park in it. But instead, I drive around behind. I cut down the alley behind it and I turn out onto the next side street. So if I do that, that just looks like somebody cutting the corner. But if me and the car behind me do that, the car behind me is probably following me. Right. And if I do it twice in a row and the same thing happens, they're definitely following me. Um, so then you start you blasting. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. No, no. no, I would turn right around and ask them what's up. How can I help them? Um, it could be as simple as four left turns in a row, pulling into a business and pulling right back out like a gas station. Pull to a gas station, pull up to the pump and then pull right back out immediately and see what happens. Um, you just got to take a look and see what's going on. Right. Uh, parking ramps are a good way to do this. Pull into a parking ramp. Park. Most parking ramps don't charge you unless you're in there for like 15 minutes. Pull in there, sit for five or 10 minutes and pull right back out. Um, see who moves when you pull back out. You can do the same stuff on foot. Uh, I, whenever I'm walking to my car uh, after leaving one of these protests or events, I'll make a big, large circle around my car first. And anyone who left that event and made that same big 10, 12 block circle it's probably following me because it would be really weird for them to go four blocks south, five blocks 
to the to the west and then back up 10 blocks to the north and over. You know what I mean? That would just be the odds of that being random are zero. They're following me. So what I would do then is go anywhere but my car. I would go somewhere public uh, and, and wait them out or call for some help or, or whatever it is that needs to be done. Uh, you can also run what's called an assisted SDR. And with this, we call counter surveillance. So I might leave a team of guys to watch my car or watch the route between my car and the event. And if they're watching when I go down a certain street, they're watching to see if anybody follows me down the street or they're watching my car. I get in my car and drive away. They're watching to see if anyone else pulls out right after I do. Uh, you can do this at home, too. So uh, I could have my counter surveillance team watching the street. I get in my car and drive away. They're going to watch for anyone who pulls out right after I do uh, and let me know. Yep. Okay, so we've talked a lot about this in previous podcasts, but communications is crucial in a without rule of law situation, and radio is uh, one of the best ways to get information. As you discussed in your BLM Antifa story, you heard them on the radio talking about you, so that literally saved your life. Refresh what is signals intelligence. I think we have discussed this before, but um, and yeah, how so it's important, how it's imperative in uh, surveillance detection, which, uh, as you discussed, like I said, helped you in that situation. So uh, you can buy uh, any any radio scanner, um, really. They're, they're, they range in there from $100 to $500 if you want a top-of-the-line one. But they will all scan the the kinds of radios that that you can buy at Walmart and Myers and all that kind of stuff. They scan CB, FRS, GMRS, whatever it is, they'll scan all those radio frequencies. Um, and you can also find out your local police department frequencies. If you've got the right kind of scanner, you can hear them. But you can always be listening to see who's talking on the radio near you. I will frequently, uh, when I go to an event, I take a radio scanner with me and I immediately turn it on and I scan all of the publicly available uh, free radio channels like family radio service radios, general mobile radio service, whatever, and CB. And I scan in that area to listen for people talking. And every time I find, uh, you know, either the militia groups, radio frequencies or Antifa's radio frequencies, whoever, uh, and I know what they're saying. That's important information to have. We should start you calling Antifa, Antifa militia, because militia well, sounds so much worse than Antifa. Not but to Antifa us, but to, a go ahead. Yeah, they're a militia and even more so than we are because they actually send people to places like Syria and Ukraine yeah. uh, to actually fight. So, yeah, but it sounds so much nicer. Oh, and to BLM and then militia, you know, right. anyways. No, you're absolutely right. But um, if you have a scanner, you could be listening for them. And, and, and I have one and at home. I'll turn it on all the time, too, just to listen to see who's talking on the radio around me. And as things progress into a without rule of law society. Um, once there's a lot less people around, uh, anyone talking on a radio near you is a potential danger. So you need to always be listening, right? Uh, and once we're in a without rule of law situation, your communications team should be scanning all the radio frequencies all the time and be writing down what they're hearing. Uh, because you might hear one guy talk about your camp once or talk about your road once, and then it starts coming up more and more often. You won't know that unless you go back and check log sheets, right? And remember that, oh, hey, on five days ago, they were talking about our street and now they're talking about our specific house. So maybe we should figure out who's watching us and what they're doing. Um, use radios for more than just team communication. Use them to listen to what others are saying around you. And I would challenge that that's actually even more powerful than using them to communicate. 
Okay. Explain why it's so important to go gray in this is current world living online and give details. I'm astonished, like you mentioned in the book, at what people share. Oh, I know. I know. So um, it's important to set up some gray man profiles with fake names or or email accounts if you're going to do research into these groups because they will track you back. Um, But we're also seeing that in all of these FBI indictments of, of people, the behaviors that they talk about are just basic online behaviors we all do, but they're using them as evidence. You know, you searched for this, you searched for that. Uh, you had, <coughs> you were in this online chat group or that online chat group. These things are being used as evidence. So be careful with what you're doing in your real name and also be careful to use a VPN, a virtual private network every single time. Um, there are free ones available, but again, you get what you pay for. Uh, I use Proton VPN. Uh, it costs me a little bit, but it's worth it. It hides it. It anonymizes your your online activity. Not that I'm doing anything wrong, but it's literally no one's business what I'm doing. Uh, and again, we don't let the government just track our every move because we're not doing anything wrong. We don't. We just don't let them track our every move. It's none of their business. Um, don't share your details of your preparations online ever. This silly phenomenon last summer of these people were going around sharing their 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 things they built into their walls to hide cans of food. I was like, well, that's just dumb. You told the entire world where your hidden food was. Come on, yeah. don't be silly. Yeah. Don't share. I remember those. those. Um, and uh, and don't share your travel plans or tag yourself places. I I have my all of my social media set that no one can tag me anywhere uh, until I approve it. Uh, they think they tagged me, but it doesn't show up. Uh, I never tag myself anywhere until I leave. And I will tell you, this is how silly it is. It's not always just the opposition. Um, And and someone's going to chuckle online on Twitter when I say this because they know who they are. Uh, I'm very careful about this. I will never tag myself in a location. But I was at an event, uh, me and my son, and we were having dinner. And I took a picture of an ice sculpture outside the place we were at. It's, I mean, it's literally just an ice sculpture in a park. And I posted it and I said, hey, look, they did a nice sculpture of me. And it's like this big Viking warrior. Within 10 seconds, this guy said, you're in Frankenmuth. You're standing across from the covered bridge. You're at this event. And uh, it kind of shook me a little bit because I'm very careful about that. But this man had narrowed down my location within 10 feet in about 10 seconds. Wow. You have to be very careful of tagging yourself. Because more importantly than just saying I'm here, that also would imply that I'm not home, right? I'm not, right. I'm two hours away from home. So that's two hours a bad guy could have to go to my house and get whatever he wants. So just realize that anytime you tag yourself somewhere, you're not only telling people where you are, you're also telling them where you are not. Yeah, like the so, people, oh yeah, we're going out of town for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's stop crazy. doing that. Yeah. I once worked a case uh, when I was with the Target Corporation that involved a restaurant here in Metro Detroit where um, the majority of, of the of the staff and customers were all of Middle Eastern descent. And the cashiers would engage the customers in, in conversation and find out when the customers were going back home to their home country. And generally, because it's so far, they would go for three to four weeks at a time. So when they heard that someone said, oh, yeah, we're going back to uh, we're going to go we're going to travel back to Iraq or we're traveling back to Syria for a few weeks, they would write down that person's credit card number, run it, get their home address. And then someone would go and break into their house and take all their stuff. Um, Be very, very careful with what you say to people about what your travel plans are and where you're going to go. 
Um, the other thing, too, is that when people start trying to track their local protest groups, they try to send a friend request or a follow request to them. Don't do that. They're very good at counterintelligence. They will track you down. Don't try to be a secret squirrel. Just look at their profile every now and then. Don't follow them. Um, another piece of being gray online is, is know that most of these secure messaging apps like Signal and Telegram and WhatsApp, they've all been compromised. None of them are actually secure. Be careful on what you uh, on what you share on there. And there are some other ones that are more secure, but you'll have to get that information somewhere else because I'm not putting it out there as to what I use. Yeah. Um, the most secure method for sharing information, especially the spicy kind of information, is face to face. Without your phones. Without your phone. Um, that's I, the I tell thing. you what, buddy, and we left our phones in our car for the whole weekend. I mean, that's just the way it is. Uh, we're I getting mean, to that point. We have to. I was talking with someone the other day, and I was like, because they were meeting with, you know, I can't say who it was, but they were meeting and discussing some, you know, very. Uh, classified information and stuff or not classified, but pr private along that line. And I was like, so did you have your phones there? Yeah. I'm like, you know what a skiff is. You should be a, a real skiff is you and the person, no cell phones, no smart devices or anything like that. Even your refrigerator, if you have a smart device, because a friend of you know, so, so I said, everything that you guys were talking about is going to be on that phone. And my friend says, yeah, my husband and I put our phones in the, in the other room when we're talking about stuff. And I said, yeah, but you just rebuilt your house and you don't know if you have smart appliances, you don't know if they're listening or not, or your TV. So this is the the new devices are meant to be spying. They have the capacity yes, to be absolutely. spying. Even your toaster can spy on you. Don't doubt me, as Rush said. I, I I've never figured out why I would need my refrigerator and my oven and, and, and my washing machine all to be on the network. That's just because they could have listening devices in every room. It's silly. And, and people say things like, "Oh, Alexa doesn't listen to you all the time." Yeah. How does it know when you said, hey, Alexa? Uh, hello. It's yeah. And, it's and, and you have to be careful of the hypothetical statements you make online. Like if somebody breaks into my house, I'm going to shoot them because if you ever need to, that that post or that tweet will be exhibit number one at your trial. Yeah. You have to be very careful and understand, too, that Facebook is it was a Defense Department project to begin with uh, called LifeLog. And it was meant for people to just track all of their life's events and everything they do online. It still is a defense department project, no matter what they call it. Uh, and they save that information several times a day, no matter what, if you think you deleted something, they still have it. Yeah. Be careful. Yeah. Well, the other thing is that there's these bots online that ask you things like, what's your favorite car or what town did yeah. you grow up in? That's something it's your passwords. Yes. And I've always, uh, this is a segue, but I've always wondered about that um, ancestry thing. That oh, never yeah. sat well with me. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, they caught the Green River Killer from 23andMe. So if you think that that stuff is secure and you're not giving it to the federal government, you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, the Green River Killer sent in his to 23andMe, and a few days later, the FBI showed up at his door. So um, not, not that I want the Green River Killer to go free, but there's a lesson in there, and that's that your info you sent to them is no longer your info. Yeah. And they just yeah. resold it. it. It's that simple. Yeah, well, and now for me with the coronavirus stuff and the, the I don't have the jab, but the, the tracking and all that kind of stuff, that concerns me about that. But um, what should people know about 
quickly about this, and then we're going to get into some politics, uh, about the gray man legal concepts, because you mentioned that before about evidence. Uh, and are burner phones a good idea or reality if you're not a criminal? All right. Well, the, the main thing for, for gray man legal tactics is understand that that you're not doing any illegal. I'm not doing any illegal. But that also means that we don't we don't give information away. Right. So the fourth, fifth and sixth amendments, uh, along with Gideon versus Wainwright and Miranda versus Arizona, apply to everybody. Uh, never, ever consent to a search when the cops try that guilt thing on the side of the road and say, well, what do you got to hide? Nothing. I just don't want you going through my car. Uh, never consent to being interviewed without an attorney. I think that this last couple of years has proven that the FBI will try to get you to to lie about something dumb. Like, what did you have for breakfast yesterday? Uh, I had eggs and they've got video of you eating an omelet. You, you just lied to a federal agent. So never, ever talk to a law enforcement officer or a federal agent without an attorney. It is your right. Exercise it. Michael Flynn knows this. General Michael Flynn knows this all too well. I, I'll tell you this. I'll be I'll be absolutely honest in my my my. My former coworkers are all going to get very angry at me. But as a private sector interrogator, I'll tell you this. Um, that guy who's talking to you, trying to interview you, whether he's a cop or, or not, is going to act like he's your best friend and that he's trying to help you. But they're not. They're there to mm -hmm. gather information. And that information will come back on you. Don't fall for tricks. Say you want an attorney present before you talk to them. It's not illegal and it's not uncooperative. You're just exercising your rights. They exist for a reason. Right. Yeah. Um, you don't have to prove that you're cooperative. You don't have to be cooperative. Yeah. Uh, so so don't necessarily do it. Here's the other thing. When they say, well, you must have something to hide. They're violating the law. If you've made it clear that you don't want to talk to them and they're continuing to try and pressure you into something, they're breaking the law. Right. You don't have to give them evidence ever. When you say things like uh, I'm going to exercise my Fifth Amendment right here. They say, Oh, well, that means that you must. There must be something incriminating there. Nope. I just don't want to talk to you without an attorney present. Um, that doesn't mean I have anything to hide. It just means I don't want to talk to you. Um, no, there's no need no. to give them anything. Right. Which is why it's a very good reason to know the Constitution and why they're working so hard to abolish the Constitution, because they don't want you to have any rights. Well, and that's the thing is when they when they do the, the, the roadside, do you mind if we look through your car thing? Yeah, I do. I don't want you looking through my car. Well, you must have something to hide. No, I just don't want you digging through my car and wasting an hour of my life to prove what we both already know, that I don't have any drugs in this car. Have a nice day, officer. Get um, a warrant. And, and move on. In the United States, you do not have to prove your innocence. Don't let them make you feel like you have to. Right. Well, I have to say, I don't know that that's necessarily true, because for Trump supporters and people on the right, it's looking more and more like we do have to prove our innocence. And even when we do, we still go to jail like the gulag, the people that are look, in the gulag. If you look at those people, every one of them began by cooperating with them. This is true. Yeah. Make them prove it. Make them prove it. <sighs> and I've awful. had a couple of times where I had employees involved in a uh, the, the worst one was we had employees involved in a uh, in a death. Uh, a shoplifter attacked some of my employees. I wasn't there at the, at the specific time. And they went to the police department. The police were on our side. The police said, yep, it is 100% self-defense. Let me help you out. But the prosecutor was not. Uh, and when Al Sharpton came to town, she charged everyone involved with homicide, even though the case was clear-cut self-defense. Don't cooperate. Don't make it easy for them, right? Get an attorney with you and have the attorney help you guide you through it and understand that it may not matter. They may still charge you with something. 
and take it to another level, which is to follow that we're going to be getting into this in a minute, but follow the precinct strategy and don't don't have Soros people elected to those positions as prosecutor because those people are doing nothing but trouble. Anyways, uh, is there anything that you thought? Let me me follow that up. I want to follow that up. Here's the other piece of that. Um, In this this current witch hunt that we see going on, read the indictments and understand when you read those indictments that there is no proof of an actual crime in the vast majority of them. Yeah. There There are suspicious things that got them a warrant and got them an indictment. But it's not at the burden of proof required for a conviction, and they don't care. They think that if they can get you indicted and lock you up and hold you for a while, you'll just plead guilty. Don't make that easy. Well, that's why why I I think that we – all people that support the Constitution – need to understand some of the plight of like black people that have gone to jail for, you know, overzealous prosecutor or just straight out misconduct based on race and have more sympathy. And they should for the gulag people. And we should understand that we're all under the same banner of of possible prosecutorial misconduct. And I think that maybe there is a little sympathy should be extended to them as well, because. Uh, you know, I firmly believe that there are black people in jail that should not be in jail simply because they're black because of situations like that. And January 6th should, you know, show people that sort of aren't black have some sympathy about that because and now if you're on the right at all, it doesn't matter what you are, you're on you're on target. So we're all in the yeah. same boat. Yeah. Now, I want to talk about burner phones real quick. Um, yeah. This is a very dangerous route to take. OK. Ever since the Patriot Act came into effect, you cannot get phone service without providing some type of identification to the phone carrier. If you lie when you do that, you are breaking the law and you're making their job easier. Right. So I know the phone company is not going to come and verify the info and they don't care as long as they're getting their money. But if your name comes up in a federal investigation, you've done nothing else wrong. They will use that. So burner phones, you really can't get a burner phone, right? The only way to get one is wear a mask and sunglasses, pay cash, never take the phone to your house, store it under a rock somewhere. Uh, and then when you turn it on, put in fake info, but you're still breaking the law. Uh, and you don't really have a burner phone because it's tied to somebody, right? Um, and a lot of people talk about drug dealers and spies do it all the time. Yeah, but they're already breaking the law, right? They don't care. Yeah. Uh like crazy. We want, we want to not make their job easier, right? So I would avoid the burner phone idea because it's really only going to get you into more trouble. Telecommunications fraud is a is a federal crime, and you don't mm-hmm. want that. Yeah. I, all I can think of is Creasy or jo, uh, Robert in the Equalizer with all the burner phones. They, but he uh, was already CIA on doing what he was doing illegally. Okay, so – yeah. I'm making a phone call inside Signal – or using a phone call using phone VPN, the better idea. Okay. Is there anything you thought to put in this chapter after it was written? Um, uh, just just the, the just what the one last note that's already in there. I, I only put a paragraph in there about your gray man house in your car. Don't fly 36 flags. Don't put the I love Trump sticker on your car um, because that makes you a target, right? Um, we have to tone down our rhetoric uh, if we want to avoid being marked as a target. 
So here's the thing. I might want to fly my flag at home and that's fine. But if I know there's an Antifa protest coming through or a Black Lives Matter protest, I'll take the flag down so that my house is not the one they burn down. Uh-huh. Right. And and here's the thing. We're seeing people defend themselves in those homes. And guess what? Those people are getting arrested. Just take the flag down for the duration of that event. Yeah. Well, again, goes to the point. Start from the bottom level, you know, the, the grassroots level and make sure that per, the people in those positions are not Soros people because they're you're going to be on the wrong side of the law every time. So to current events, uh, Russia continues on into Ukraine. Our neocon politicians are calling for us to get involved, uh, even as there are peace talks going on. The media does not report the peace talks because that's not what they want. These are reasonable requests by Putin. OK, just like we wouldn't want 100,000, 200,000 troops on our border, they don't want 100,000 NATO troops on their border. Okay, what he's doing is wrong, but he doesn't want Ukraine to get into NATO, and they shouldn't. They're not even wanted in NATO. And from what I understand, Zelensky understands that, but everybody's doing their little poker face. But our idiots, well, uh, I was going to say, Zelensky made Putin's job easier. By allowing, and I take a lot of heat for this on Twitter, but I'm going to say it here too. He has allowed the Azov Brigade to exist, and they yeah. are literally Nazis. And so when Putin said, oh, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to knock out the Nazis, you would have taken that argument away from him if six months ago you said, listen, I'm sorry, but Nazis cannot serve in our military. And to see all these people on the left who for the last six or eight years have said literally yeah. everything is a Nazi yeah. and Nazis are evil, suddenly say, well, a few Nazis is okay because they're really good fighters and they're doing a good job of killing Russians, so they must be okay, is astounding. The amount yeah. of intellectual dishonesty you have to have is astounding to believe but that. I'm telling you, Joe, the minions don't even know that. I 100% guarantee you the minions, all the lefties with their support Ukraine flag, they have no idea about what you just said. They're just uh, doing agree, it because I, of emotion. Oh, well, they disbanded them and they did, they they not kicked all the Nazis out in 2014. I'm like, well, the unit wasn't formed until 2014. And here's a picture from three days ago of them yeah. with a Nazi flag. Yeah. I mean, so you're supporting the swastika. So shut the, you know what, up. But the problem is that our idiots like mayonnaise mitt are like sending the MIGs, you know, and the porker on the view, the two porkers, Anna Navarro and Poopy Goldberg, that's what I call her. They're like, oh, you need to arrest anybody who disagrees with the official narrative. I guarantee you those idiots who watch the view don't know what you talked about, the Azov gang. They don't know anything about this. They're just talking about the emotion and they hate Putin because they think that, you know, they equate it with Trump's winning. I know that that's part of it. Well, and, and, and they're they're calling for Tucker's arrest, liberal yeah. arrest for what he said last night. And I, I watched it and I don't see where he said what was what was wrong. Um, yeah. But but here's the thing. They they, they honestly will, will ignore all of that um, because, hey, they're, they're, those those bad guys are, are killing uh, are killing Russians. The other thing that they excuse is child soldiers. And then there's a photo that came out of, of these 12 year old boys with AKs. And everyone's like, oh, it says it right there. It's a self-defense class. I'm like, well, you don't hold a self-defense class while your country's being invaded. I'm just letting you know that. No, they're actually training child soldiers. And this is where the left's casual racism comes in. Mm-hmm. Do you remember a few years ago when we talked about child soldiers in Africa and when the black guys were doing it, it was bad. It was terrible. We needed to take action and stop these these, these ch- child soldiers. Now that the white people are doing it, it's suddenly cool. Oh, those brave kids fighting for their country. 
child soldiers are wrong, no matter who did it. They're a violation of international law. Uh, and children should be protected no matter what color, what continent, uh, or what history they come from. Yeah, and, well, these people kill these people like to kill them after they're born, so they're not going to care about any of that stuff unless it unless it serves so, their needs. So yesterday they put out a, a series of, of, of suggested steps they may be taking or that they're considering. And one of those said blocking Russian ships from international waterways. <sighs> It's very carefully worded, but that's a blockade, which, for those who don't know, is an act of war. Uh, And the only way to stop Russian ships from using international waters is to put holes in them and sink them. Uh, And it's just like a no-fly zone. It makes no sense. And I know that yesterday, Estonia voted uh, to request an official no-fly zone. Now, the reason why that's significant to us, because Estonia is a mapped out of a country, you might think, yeah, who cares? Well, if Estonia decides they're going to attempt to enforce a no-fly zone, Estonia is a NATO ally. Mm. And while we can ourselves can point at um, the NATO treaty and say, well, they got involved in a conflict, so it doesn't apply, the rest of NATO is going to want us to get involved. So we have to be very careful there. The other thing, too, is, is that once we started talking about these MiGs, going to 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 Ukraine from Poland, Russia launched a very long range airstrike at an obscure little airfield far corner of Ukraine. Most people think, well, that was weird. No, they were making a point. That was the only airstrip that could land those planes. And Russia was making the point of if you attempt to land those planes there, we're going to kill whoever was flying them, which would probably be NATO pilots. So um, there's there's a lot at stake here. And uh, my friend Stan, uh, who who goes by Virginia Gentleman on on Twitter, he mentions this all the time that Russia is not going to allow us to run a virtual Ho Chi Minh Trail like like we allowed to happen during Vietnam. And the Ho Chi Minh Trail was people would leave North Vietnam, run down to Cambodia and Laos and then sneak into South Korea and supply the Viet Cong. So. Russia is not going to allow us to run supplies to Poland to be snuck across the border or supplies to Romania to be snuck across the border. They're not going to let that happen. They're going to hit them in those other countries. And the other idea that everyone puts out there is, well, why don't we set up training camps in Poland for Ukrainian freedom fighters to resist from? Well, beginning with South Africa and going all the way up through the through the current events, Every single time a guerrilla movement has had a training camp in a neighboring company, uh, neighboring country, the country that was fighting them has struck that training camp. So if Russia strikes into Poland, we would be obligated to defend. We have to be very, very careful. They're doing everything they can to push us down the slippery slope, which is now behind us, not in front of us, mm-hmm. uh, into World War Three. Yeah. And oh, yeah. So like I said, MIGs. The 42 Republicans, including mayonnaise, mayonnaise. Oh, yes. Yeah, send in the mix. How many of your kids are you going to send, Mitt? Yeah. This is why we have to discuss politics, right? Because they're ramping up. And I'm especially concerned, you know, I I only thought about this really after um, after Trump was in office and then after they, you know, installed this guy. But one person that would talk about this is um Oh, my God, I can't remember his name. It's on Twitter. He is Lafayette Lee, right? He would talk about the global war on terror is now the domestic war on terror. 
when I saw they had that ink, you know, the omnibus spending, which is 1.5 discretionary funding. And I'm sorry, but Ukraine is nothing but a money laundering scheme for half these politicians anyways. But all I could think of is, okay, so now you have a trillion dollars of the woke military now to use on the domestic war on terror, right? I'm yep. not so sure that they're going to be using that money on the people over there unless they're, you know, they might bomb Russia. But some of this is going to be on us. Well, it's going to be on the people who go to Ukraine to fight. So we've spent the last 20 years saying foreign fighters are a bad thing. And every time an American returned from the war zone, they got picked up, followed and harassed. It's going to be even worse when guys are going and fighting alongside the dang Azov Brigade, who are literal Nazis. Uh, you're not even going to make it into the country before Homeland Security picks you up for an interview. Um, you are setting yourself up for a life of misery uh, to the point where they're going to drive you uh, to where you can't work, you can't do anything uh, if you actually go there and fight. And they're trying to trick a lot of people into it. They're talking about, oh, oh, the veterans have have lost their lost their luster about America and they're all willing to go and fight for Ukraine. Don't fall for that, guys. They want you to do it so that when you come back, they can say, I told you they were foreign fighters. They're terrorists. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's it's unbelievable. And not only that, but like what's happening, some the suicides of the January 6th protesters that are in, uh, you know, that are in the gulag. A yeah. lot of them are killing themselves because they this is a thing that I don't understand. You know, this for another conversation. But the amount of money, our money that the federal government has to use against us is atrocious. They use $30 yeah. million dollars to do the fake Russia hoax on Trump. They don't, they don't even think about any of that stuff. There's no GAO. They're not doing any audits. None of this stuff. They're just using all this money. They're torturing these prisoners for nothing, for walking into a capital. If they did, some of them were just on the property that they bought, that they pay for. So you're right well, about those it's, fighters, it's you know, fired effect, right? It's keeping everybody else on the couch and yeah. keeping everybody else protesting. Look at look at what happened to our uh, to the the truckers convoy. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Literally nothing. Yeah. And that's just they got what they wanted out of it and they're going to continue. It's awful. Uh, a reminder that so much of what we've uh, been put out too is either fake news or old, including the quote unquote heroic pictures of Zelensky, which were from last year. You know that? Like the ghost pilot was fake. The explosions at the nuclear plant were fake. Those pictures of him where he's carrying the AK or AR or whatever are fake, right? So we're being propagandized to the nth degree about this situation. Well, and here's what's silly. This morning, Emmanuel Macron comes out of his office and he's dressed like Zelensky in his 511. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, But a bigger problem in that this afternoon, uh, there's going to be three different foreign ministers from European nations. I saw that driving. So what they did is they flew into Lviv because you can't fly into Kiev. Right. It's too risky. And they're going to travel overland 700 miles by car to try to get to Kiev and, and have a meeting. This is the dumbest thing ever. Oh, my God. And if they get schwacked by the Russians, it's it, it's going to be on. And that's the, the fear I have is that the powers that be are perfectly willing to sacrifice three obscure foreign ministers mm-hmm. for this. 
They really they are. They could schwack them themselves. If people don't think that there are marks out there, that's, you know, I some of this, I think, is just marks anyways. I mean, honestly, like they say, you mentioned earlier what Putin's doing about that long range missile. They think that he, they say, oh, he's crazy. He's crazy. He's not crazy at all. Right. No. But some of these you they talked about a false flag. It's their false flag. And people that are listening, especially, I mean, well, my heart goes out to notice all of the news. So there was some news stories over the weekend that Al Nusra Front is going to enter the fight on the side of the government of Ukraine. That sounds cool. That sounds cool. But do you know who Al Nusra Front is? They're Al Qaeda. So if you've got <laughs> Al Qaeda and the Nazis on your side, you're probably not the most virtuous of the sides that's not to say russia is right either and i get a lot they of have some foreign fighters from the middle east going to russia yeah and, and russia has the wagner group which are straight up nazis too and, and everyone keeps saying well if you don't support ukraine you must support russia i don't have to support either one exactly, exactly. it's not a binary choice i support america i support america not going to war over this yeah that's what i support but i can think the invasion is wrong but i can also think that accepting help from Nazis and accepting help from al-Nusra front is wrong. Yeah. We can shoot, walk and chew gum at the same time. But it's Absolutely. also, here's the reality. There are plenty of bad guys in the world, okay? They're not going to war against the Junjaweed in Darfur, okay? Right. They're not going to war against China for what they're doing to Hong Kong or Tibet or anybody else. It's strategic. Yeah, the Uyghurs. And yeah, it's, isn't that interesting? A good, a, a funny point, you know, I, I we might have talked about this uh, last time, but that crazy Hannah Nicole Jones with the pink hair of the 1619 Project made a legitimate point. The only thing these le- these white liberals care about are the white people in Ukraine. And that's true. And the other part that's funny is all of the anti-Semites on the left, Zelensky's Jewish. So... Yep. You're you're and the Atlantic actually wrote, oh, how the Jew, how Jews found a an unlikely hero in Zelensky or something like that. You guys are so stupid. You don't even know what you're fighting for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The man signs the paycheck of Nazis. So he's not exactly all that Jewish. But the Uh, point is, is that they hate Jews and yet they're supporting a Jew. Yeah, it's, it's all incredibly silly. Uh, and, and there's a lot of intellectual dishonesty that goes on that that allows people to make these connections, right? Yeah. Um, it's just it, it's completely silly. They're willing to yeah. overlook things. Um, and and my biggest problem with it though, is that after 9/11, we launched a massive campaign to not blame all Muslims, and uh, and so on and so forth. And when COVID-19 happened, we launched a massive campaign about don't blame all Chinese people. And we even ripped open the wound of, of, of Japanese internment camps and spent two years explaining how bad they were and why we should feel bad about it. They would open up a Russian internment camp tomorrow if they thought they could get away with it. This hatred towards all things Russia has just blinded people. This young man, I guess he's a teenager and he's some sort of a piano virtuoso. He was fired from his job because he's Russian. Even though he lives here, and has supported openly yeah. the Ukraine. Uh, and, and they just, anything even remotely Russian, they want arrested, deported, destroyed. And 
what's the difference between that and 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 Chinese people versus COVID-19 or all Muslims versus 9/11? It's wrong in those circumstances and it's wrong in this one. Yeah, but I think the, I think the Russia stuff is about Trump. I I really I think there's a, a derangement about thinking well, that somehow he's affiliated I, with Trump. I think that they needed this in order and they need a war with Russia in order to justify the failure of four years of Russia, Russia, Russia. Yes. But I will tell you this, that honor matters. And at the end, you're going to have to explain to God why you took the positions you took. Mm. Just that. Simple. Yeah. OK, so we're going to have to um, I, an issue very quickly, though, an issue which a lot of people don't know about or understand is that our national debt, which is atrocious, 30 trillion over 30 trillion is only possible because the dollar is the world's reserve currency. Recently, like two weeks ago, not only did our own Fed chair say that there can be more than one reserve currency, but Biden's weakness and fecklessness has pushed the country, pushed other countries to consider moving away from the dollar. Saudi Arabia, it came out today, which we should have said this morning. Yeah. Yeah. We should have never even been supporting Saudi Arabia in the first place. I'm sorry. Is actually mulling pricing of Chinese oil sales in the yuan. If you think things are bad now with inflation, just imagine what happens if all the other countries stop buying our debt. Two minutes. Well, but here's Nancy Pelosi told me that spending more money doesn't increase the debt. And then Jen Psaki told me that inflation is the fault of Vladimir Putin. So it's all good. I mean, um, yeah. It, it's just, wow. It's, yeah, it's but their minions believe it. I'm telling it, you, they're so stupid. Here's a funny thing, though. Uh, this is actually, it's going to backlash on them because Trevor Noah two nights ago. <gasps> I heard that. Uh, said the UAE would never ignore a phone call from Donald Trump. Same but with Marr. Bill Maher yeah. said the same thing. Okay. Yeah. Ring a phone call from Joe Biden. He said that they would literally have Joe Biden on the phone and be like, oh, wait, what? Sorry, Joe, I got to go. Donald Trump is calling. Oh, Nobody God. would ever have disregarded his phone calls. And, and now they're not only disregarding his phone calls, they're picking up the phone from the enemy. Uh, yeah, we are wow. done. We just need to be prepared for it. It's upsetting. Very upsetting. It, but I, I, I'm so glad they're saying that. Bill Maher said something similar. At least... At least they'll have to eat the bitter cake, but no mean tweets, right? At least no mean tweets. Yeah. And at least Kamala's black. I mean, this is astonishing. But this is one last point. Something also that this is in mind with the last two years that isn't getting talked about enough because all of this stuff is coming out. Okay. The truth is, is that all of the things are getting exposed. The the real background behind this Russia thing, behind the Ukraine is going to come out. Okay. But something that is a that's coming out now is Pfizer, which the war room talks about in which Naomi Wolf uh, and a bunch of attorneys and the war room posse are going through all of those, I think 50,000 documents or 50,000 pages, whatever it is of the Pfizer documents on the, the jab it's criminal. And hopefully, you know, hope uh, there will be trials. Naomi's team of investigators, doctors and attorneys identified uh, several U.S. government documents that confirm that Pfizer was adding various amounts of active ingredients to their experimental coronavirus vaccines, different batches. According to the data, the range of dangerous active ingredient went from three micrograms to 10 micrograms to 30 micrograms to 100 micrograms, depending on the batch they happen to uh, inject you with. Why would they do that? Why wouldn't there be one batch for everybody, right? And God willing, they get to the bottom of this and there's some accountability. But I think that's why they're having the part of why they want to go to war. They want to distract attention. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. This is Nuremberg stuff. You think we'll ever have trials? No. I think that society will collapse and we'll be living in a without rule of law society first. Oh, my God. Uh, And and you know what? Uh, We had uh, Max from uh, Max Morton from Forward Observer on our show this morning. And uh, he said that that we just have to be honest with ourselves about America and and what it's going to take to restore the Constitution, sadly, is a war. We can only restore from the ashes. We can't restore with what we have now. And uh, he's not wrong. I agree. I agree. Uh, I say it should be vertical rather than civil. Yeah, Agent Jensen, make what you will of that. Any parting thoughts as we wrap up, Joe? No, just uh, get to the grocery store and buy food. And, and, and I implore you, as I did last week, buy gas every single day because you don't know what the price will be tomorrow. Yeah. And grow. The thing is, too, is that you can do a lot of stuff very inexpensively from what you're using today. I'm growing uh, ginger, lettuce, celery and lemongrass from stuff I already bought. Right. Cut off the end, root it, put it in the dirt. And I'm not some kind of, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like a brown thumb. I'm not really good at it, but I'm learning and I'm reading as much as I can, growing some seeds and stuff like that. So you do have time, you know, to learn and start planting and start being self-sufficient. We talked about it last week about the Mormons, and I told you I have like a little book myself. All of that stuff is by necessity going to come back. All of the old ways are going to become new again. I think there's something about that in the Bible, too, because we're just going to have no choice. They have screwed this up so much that, you know, we're going to have to learn all the things that we forgot in order to survive. Don't you think? I do. One hundred percent. Yeah. Which is why we discuss this stuff. So thanks again for another great Tactical Tuesdays podcast, Joe. Again, I want to thank you all for listening. Please share this not only with your friends, but on social media to be a force multiplier. We're working to provide information which could potentially save lives. And I I talk about this a lot. And I saw something um, on TV about this problem for the elderly. Not only they're getting hit with inflation, Big time, especially people on fixed incomes. If you know any elderly people, go and check in on them. Make sure they're, you know, safe and secure. This stuff is going to be very bad for them, especially people that can't be mobile. So check in on your neighbors if you know any people that are elderly. You know, make sure they're they've got their stuff and they know that they can count on you and everything because this could potentially save lives. The information that we're talking about. Uh, you can catch all of our podcasts on my website, Brook Talks America. They're also on iHeart, Spotify, Podomatic, Apple, and Google. Joe's website, tactical-wisdom.com, not only has his books available, but his great articles. So be sure to check those out. Uh, as I've mentioned many times, I got kicked off Twitter, so I cannot share on there. If you're on Twitter, please do share on there. I am on Getter, uh, waiting to get on True Social. Also, as I mentioned, I have the new, Repub- uh, the new article out about Republicans, will they be able to win in spite of themselves? And that's what it's going to take because most of them suck. But the uh, the Democrats are totally insane. So when given a choice and uh, Republicans are said to be better on the economy. So it's the economy, stupid. Anyways, as with all this (laughs) stuff, hopefully we'll never need it in real time, but better to have and not need than need and not have. So let's get prepared and see you next week on Brook Talks America, Tactical Tuesdays with Joe Dolio. Thank you so much and keep praying. <laughs>